Pressure coming, pressure coming. And he's sacked again at the four-yard line. This is Buccaneers Total Access. Another sack by Shaq Barrett. He's got three today. Brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks. And by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Caught to Tampa Bay. Oh, Jay Howard. Fire them cannons. What a play. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Casey Phillips here with none other than linebacker Devin White. Devin, how you doing? Ooh, ooh. I'm doing great. Doing great. I bet you are. That was a heck of a win uh, on Sunday. Where where does that rank in favorite games for you in your career? Hey, that's probably my favorite game as a Buck so far because we did it in a dominating fashion. It ain't like we just beat the Packers. Like, we really beat the Packers. Yeah, that's so, that, like, and and I'm all about dumbness. I like dominating people. So if we can dominate a team, I think it's gonna always get ranked on the all time high. And you didn't just dominate anybody. You dominated an undefeated team. You dominated one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Like that, that has to make it mean even more. I imagine. Yeah, I mean, that just lets you know um, how good we are on our side of the ball. So that kind of you know gave us you know, uh, even better identity than we already have for ourselves. And it was a great thing. It was such a beautiful sight. And our uh, Hooters hot question of the day is, uh, it was only the second time in franchise history to have a game without a single accepted penalty. So what led to that after you guys kind of struggled with the penalties in the Chicago game? I mean, it was something we addressed all week. And, you know, if you want to have a job on the Bucks team, you need to um, not have uh, self-inflicted wounds and a big thing you know B.A. preaches is post-snap and pre-snap penalties pre-snap penalties he hate them but post-snap he can deal with because you, that means you're playing hard so you know once you just lock in you know hey it's easy like I know it's easy for me not to run outside you know but after the play when the whistle you know I play to the whistle so if anything happened in between then you know he can deal with it and you know it kind of make you not worry about it so much you know yeah, that makes sense. And and what was the message overall coming in this game? I know that the penalties part had definitely been harped on, but like overall play from players, coaches yeah. coming out of that Chicago game, what were the big things you guys were talking about? Um, we was really mad that we lost to the Chicago team. You know, I don't take nothing away from, them, but we knew we were the better team. But, you know, you can't beat yourself in this league because self-inflicted wounds, that's what killed us. And we, we didn't want that to happen again, especially because, you know, games like that can hunt you in the end. You know, Tom Brady preaches on that, B.A. preaches on it. You know, guys that's been in a playoff hunt and, you know, had a really good record, didn't make it or, you know, whatever it comes down to. But, you know, at the end of the day, you win the division, you win. So, I mean, we're just trying to do the little things right. And, you know, everything else is going to take care of itself because, you know, B.A. preaches, y'all going to play hard. Y'all always play hard, but it's the little things that, Y'all need to clean up to be a great football team because, you know, this championship football we're trying to play in, you know, you can't do it with getting little penalties and, you know, not making the plays that come to you. So, I mean, we're just trying to get everything going. So, you know, winning should, you know, feel normal. Like, you know, win a big win. Every game should be a win. It should be a big win. It should be a big game. And we're just trying to have that mindset going into every game, you know, not overlooking, you know, the, the opponent, but going out saying that, you know, they got They're going to have to beat us like man for man, pound for pound. They're going to have to beat us, you know, especially if we don't beat ourselves. And I know that you guys love dominating a team, winning a game in whatever fashion, but when it is such a defensive-led 
effort yeah. in so many ways. Yeah, I like, see, so you already got that little smile that you're like, you, this is this is kind of how you want it to go. Yeah, I mean, I told the media before the season that I mean, we got all the superstar names on the um, offensive side of the ball, but you know, when the season progresses, you're gonna know about a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball, and I think they're starting to figure out who we are as individuals and as a um, unit, and I, I think. That's the beauty of, you know, both sides getting their own shine. You know, we plan on primetime games, playing against big-time competition, you know, big-time names, like you said. And, you know, we showing up. We we actually showing up to play and we playing ball, so they got to respect us. Yeah, I, I saw that um, the Buccaneers Instagram account posted that, uh, you know, people had said to not start you guys in fantasy as a defense because of what they thought was going to happen in that game. Do you enjoy getting a chance? Do you, do you hear that kind of stuff, that noise? And then, and how cool is it to be able to prove people wrong like that? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I hear it. I'll be sitting on Twitter, you know, uh, when I came out with uh, the media interview this week and when I told the media that I told Coach Bulls to unleash me, like, let me rush a little bit. And, you know, they was like, rush against Aaron Rodgers, you know, they kind of doubted us. But, I mean, I really ended up with two sacks. Uh, if Sue wouldn't have got that offset penalty, that would have that uh, intentional grounding would have been my sack because I had him and he just threw it in the dirt. But, you know, I mean, we, we, we all got to him. You know, even Will Ghosting hit him a whole lot. You know, it might didn't show up on the stat sheet. But I know Aaron Rodgers felt Will Ghosting all, all night long. But, I mean, that's just to show you, like, you know, what we can do. And um, Coach Boys know that he got a stable full of horses and he just need to let us get live. Get live. I love that. Uh, all right, we're talking linebacker Devin White here. Um, what caused the shift from the first quarter to the rest of the game for you guys? Because I know first quarter there were some struggles to get off the field on third down, especially some third and longs. Um, what what switched for you guys? What did you figure out on the sideline or start saying to each other? that I mean, it really was just like a complete like flip of the light switch after that first quarter. Yeah, I mean – Dean got us going with his pick six, but after Dean picked six, I think everybody just started playing more aggressive. And then once we started playing way more aggressive, we was realizing like, hey, they can't they can't block us, they can't pick up the blixes, they can't, you know, they can't do nothing. So let's let's go and put our uh, you know, go and kill them. Let's go and kill them while we got them down. And that was just the whole motto on the sidelines. Don't let up. I know Levante. He said that a lot. He was like, don't let them back in. They don't get back in. Like, it was just, you know, something we had to preach. Because, you know, you can get lackadaisical when you're up. And then, you know, Coach Bulls are like, we, we need to hang 42 on them. And they shouldn't get another point. They should stay at 10. And we can just go and beat them. So, everybody was kind of, you know, having that intensity on the sideline. Like, you know, even though we got them down, we're gonna, we want to keep pounding on them. We want to keep, you know, just, you know, giving it our all. And, I mean, that's what we did. And, you know, we came out victorious. Yeah, 38 unanswered points. I think that's safe to say you did not let them back in. That's pretty incredible. Um, and, and tell us about the the Jamel interception and the Mike Edwards interceptions, basically two out of, I think, three plays in a row. Yeah, basically. plays in a row. <laughs> that's pretty Yeah, incredible. I mean, we had some um, – we had a good um, blitz caught up on both plays. That was the great – that was the great thing. So, Aaron Rodgers really – he had to get the ball out of his hand. And, you know, he made a great decision by throwing it to the guys who he threw it to. And it was number 17 both times. And, you know, uh, Jamel had great coverage. He picked it. And um, Carson had great coverage on the next one. And he got it tipped up. And Mike, you know, he was playing middle field safety. And he just, hey, he reaped the reward, you know. And, you know, he took it all the way down to, like, the two-yard line. I wish he could have got in because it's hard for a defense to get him down there just to let the offense get an easy touchdown. But, hey, we all work together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and yeah, that was the, the first touchdown for the defense uh, of the year. And, I mean, that was only the third pick six of Aaron Rodgers' entire career. Like, yeah. that's, that's amazing. And you guys also forced, I think it was his 
like third lowest completion percentage of his career, maybe his second lowest QB rating of his career. What does that mean to know that you guys have a defense that can do that to somebody of his caliber? Oh, uh, man, that just means – I mean, it's really a ceiling that we need to set. Like, if we can do it to him, why can't we do it to everybody? Like, Drew Brees, everybody that we play because we play a lot of great quarterbacks, a lot of great offenses. And, you know, I, I think we should go in making teams – have to feel like, hey, what can we do to make plays against these guys? Not what do the Bucks got to do to stop these guys? Once we like get it to that point, we know we dominate. You know, we're doing things in a in a uh, tie bowls. You know, uh, phantom, you know, fashion in a tie bowls fashion. Yeah, yes. whatever he pulling out, whatever tricks he pulling out the hat. We getting we getting home. We getting sacks. We getting TFLs. We having fun. We getting picks. I think that's what it all boils down to. Is just you know playing within the scheme. That was one big uh, motto you know, across the board this week is play within the scheme. And when the play comes to you, make the play because you're not going to get an opportunity to make that play again. So make the play when it's your time to make the play. I like that. And and you definitely made those plays. You led the team with 10 tackles. You got yourself a sack. Uh, overall, how did you feel like your individual game was for you and then the plays you were able to make? Oh, I feel I feel great, you know, going into the game, um, playing the teams that we had been playing that wasn't featuring their running backs, wasn't running the ball, you know, it was only getting 24 rushing yards on us the whole game. It, it, it kind of had me, like, out of it a little bit, not saying, like, uh, I didn't want to play or nothing. It's just like, hey, I want to make some plays, and I knew this was going to be a big opportunity for me because, you know, we was playing against Aaron Jones, which is a great back in the league, and he going to get his touches, you know, whether it's in the passing game or running game. So I knew I had a challenge. And I was ready to step up to the challenge because I was ready to make some plays because it's been like three weeks where I had like six tackles, three tackles, four tackles. Like that that's not the Devin White I know. So, I mean, I was just up for the challenge and I was just thankful that I could deliver for my team because at the end of the day, you know, we all fight together. We all do it together. You know, I feed off them, they feed off me. And I was able to come through for them every time it was time for me to make a play. And your guy, Levante, got his first sack of the year, ended up with uh, one and a half by the end of the game. Uh, how did you see his his game shake out on Sunday and, and the plays he was able to make, even aside from sort of the more obvious ones to us? Yeah, I mean, he do it effortless. Me and my coach, he, as a linebacker group, we were just talking about how his plays look effortless. And some of my plays look effortless, but some of my plays look like I'm trying to hunt them down. And it just would be in a – you know, OG in this league just been doing it for a long time. And, you know, to me, man, he the best doing it right now. Like, I don't see no other linebacker, including myself. I'm chasing him, don't get me wrong, but he playing at an all-time level. And, you know, man, he's just showing – he's showing me the ropes. Like, I feel honored to be able to line up beside him, and I just try to match his intensity and hope he matches mine and we can play off each other. You know, you know, we can consider ourselves at the as – the best duo in the league, you know, as far as off-ball linebackers because we get after it every time we strap up. That's one thing I can say. Yeah, I definitely don't think y'all are ever lacking in intensity. I think that's a fairly safe bet. And uh, I know that this was also the first game that you guys had to be without Vita and his yeah. presence up there in the middle. How do you feel like you guys were able to compensate for that and, and especially in the run defense and, and the way that the D-line was able to start rotating without him? I mean, we, we knew um, Vita would be a big uh, loss for us, just his presence alone. Nobody does it like Vita. And, uh, and, and you know, I'm riding with Vita all day. But, you know, Nacho, he ain't no slouch. Nacho come to work every day, and he practice like he played. Like, Nacho, when we when it's days that we have to wear shorts, like we get to wear shorts in um, practice, he out there in his game pants with his pads in his pants because he getting ready for the game. So when I can say one thing about Nacho, he the ultimate pro. 
and he gonna make sure he do what he gotta do to get his job done. And I respect him for that. And then we brought up Ledbetter, who made tons of plays and training camps. So we knew, you know, it was another guy that really deserved to be on the roster already because he made so many plays. But you know, just having you know guys that you paying you know more money and stuff like they gotta you know be on the roster. But he got his opportunity and he, t- and he made and he took advantage of it. And so I'm proud of him as well for stepping in. So I mean, I, I don't feel like we. We didn't take no steps back by losing Vita. Vita, you know, obviously Vita gave us an extra, extra game, you know, because he's so good and talented. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we can't harp on it. We just got to continue, um, you know, moving forward. And Vita always in the locker room. He always, you know, he, he pushing us. Hey, let's go. Y'all got to get it. So, at the end of the day, you know, he's still around with us and we still around for him. All right, well, we still have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. We are back here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Casey Phillips joined here by Devin White. And we want to remind all of you, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, from now until 1030, that is October 30th, we are asking you to join the fight. The Buccaneers and Moffitt Cancer Center are hosting a virtual auction with all proceeds directly supporting cancer research at Moffitt Cancer Centers. Bid on those hard-to-find Buccaneers game tickets and unique experiences, all benefiting a great cause. Visit Buccaneers.com slash auction. So, Devin, uh, getting back into the game against the Packers, uh, Rojo with his third straight 100-yard rushing game, two TDs on Sunday. Uh, what did you see especially from him on Sunday? My boy Flex, um, the number one thing I see from Rojo is the guy runs hard. And our offense was wearing their defense down, and that's when you don't want to go against a guy like Rojo who's still running the ball hard. You know, he take a three-yard run and turn it into eight. And, I mean, that, that was the difference. Like, you know, he, he's running the ball really, really hard this year. And, I mean, I, I tip my hat to him every time I see him. I be like, just keep killing him, Flex, keep killing him. And, I mean, that's what he's doing. You know, he, he his line doing great for him. And, you know, uh, he reaping the benefits on, on the back end just by putting his head down and getting through there. And then Gronk uh, had, you know, arguably his best game in terms of uh, receiving-wise, five catches, 78 yards, his first touchdown since being here. Um, how have you seen him grow in, in the offense? And, I mean, you, you've had to cover him in practice. Explain, explain what he's been able to do, and specifically on Sunday. Well, I know he just came here to block, baby. <laughs> <I saw that laughs> last night. But, no, I mean, he gets the ball a lot in practice. So he featured all in the passing game in practice. I don't know if Tom just can't get it to him in the game. Like, I don't know what it is, but I know when it, when the ball gets thrown into his area, he's going to get it. So that's one thing. I know he's a sure-hander, and we can count on him every time. And I was just happy to see him. You know, I wish he could have, you know, gave me a better spike. But I know the complications going on. But it'll be – it the grunt spike will be back soon. But, I mean, I was just happy to see him get off. You know, that's one of my uh, good friends in the locker room. Now he's a re- really cool guy off the field. But, I mean, I just like to see him, you know, reap his uh, benefits of working hard as well. Yeah, I mean, for a left-handed spike, it was pretty impressive. Yeah, it was pretty – he winded it up and everything. It was so funny. He, he's a character. He, yeah, he is very entertaining, that's for sure. And, I mean, I know you guys will always say that every game is important. You know, every game counts the same amount, essentially. But you guys are about to have a pretty brutal stretch of travel and primetime games and, and some big opponents. This was kind of the beginning of that. How important was this game in terms of just the, the feeling, I guess, going into this next yeah. stretch? 
I mean, you 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 didn't want to um, go into the stretch with you know a bad taste in your mouth. So that was the number one thing. And you know, we wanted to take back over the division because you know the division been getting pretty tough. You know, some teams every team been winning. You know, so that was one thing that was major for us. And I feel like we took care of that. But I mean, now we got to focus on the Raiders. We know they're a great team, but at the end of the day, everybody in this league beatable. And we know we can beat every team. Like, you know, we got that why should should a team beat us mentality, you know. So long as we keep that up and we put in the work, and that's where it started. Like, it started today, you know, correcting the tape from yesterday and getting better. So, I mean, I feel like the sky's the limit. And I feel like if that was us, like, you know, showing ourselves what a great week of preparation and what not doing this can cause us to happen, I feel like we're going to be on a good road to success. And for you, now that it is your second year, which it's crazy to realize that's all it is. It it feels like you've been in the league a lot longer than that. I know you definitely evaluate yourself that way, that you don't feel like a young guy. You feel like a leader, all of that. But looking at the fact that you still are only, you know, a year and a half into your NFL career, how much do you feel you've changed since your rookie year to now on the field, off the field, as as you look at that? Yeah, I'm just more laid back with it now. You know, I, I understand the game even more. You know, I'm learning from you. Yeah, that's why I told you I got, I got blessed. Like I've been, I'm in the room with a guy that's in his ninth year who's been doing it for a long time. So you know, we still, you know, work out things. Like he come to me, he asks me about things, and I ask him about a whole lot of things. And it's it's showing on the field, you know. And I, and I'm glad I can play with him because you know we out there talking it up on the field. We you know we playing off one another and we playing good. And you know the the biggest thing about playing. You know, in my second year, but being able to play with a vet like Levante, he not selfish. That's the biggest thing. He not selfish. He like he don't want everything. Like he don't want all the glory. You know, he want to make his plays. Don't get me wrong. Nobody out there, not nobody going out there not to make plays. But you know, he makes sure everybody else, you know, eating around him as well. And that's why I really apply him on. And that was one of the things that you know get me going. Like, cause he gonna always be in your ear and tell you like, hey, I need this for you. Go make that big play. Like, you know, when he know he can be the one to go make it himself or you know, hype himself up, but he all about the team. And I really respect that for him, man. I think that's the biggest thing helping me in year two is just me and him. Our relationship got even closer. You know, we talking more and we uh, we having fun. You know, why not us? That's our kind of, that's kind of our motto. Why not us? You know, why not us for a lot of things? Because last year, I mean, we played against the Seahawks and they had their uh, linebacker duo. And even though we lost the game, me and Levante had way better stats than uh, they linebackers. But, I mean, we still didn't get talked about. So, it's like – we're going we're gonna to make them fill us this year. So, like, we just got to keep balling. We're talking to linebacker Devin White. Um, and I, I know that you have been voted a captain now this year, which congratulations for that. That is pretty incredible. Um, explain the type of leader you feel like you are or want to be. Just, I know there's a bunch of different ways guys can yeah. lead. Um, you well, seem like a pretty vocal one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. But, I mean – I am the vocal leader. You know, I'm the one that's going to talk. Like, I bring the team in, you know, right before we go to the locker room. And most of the time, it's me giving a pregame speech. I mean, that's just what I do because at the end of the day, whatever I say in that huddle, I know I'm going to stand on it. Like, if I, I'm going to do whatever I t- I'm asking of those guys. And, that, and that's pretty, like, an easy way for me to be a leader because I can back up what I'm talking. And, and that's the number one thing. But at the end of the day, my my play also speaks for itself. Them guys know they can count on me every time we step on the field. And and when thing and I and my biggest thing is when the going get tough, I'm the one that's there to you know to smooth it all out to you know make the big play to get us back going uh to be the one to comfort everybody on the sideline like you know got to get them back going, got to get them back in the game. 
So I say it's just from a vocal leader. Like I'm, I'm probably one of the biggest vocal leaders out there, and it's just, it, and it's just natural to me. It's nothing that I'm faking, nothing that I'm just trying to be extra. Nothing. It's just me. Like, cause at the end of the day, I treat everybody the same, and you know, everybody, my boys on the team. So it's easy for me to gravitate towards everybody, and I think that's where the vocal part comes from. Do you pre-plan anything about your pregame speeches? Nah, nah, nah. Sometimes, man, sometimes I, it's just how I'm feeling that day, what team we playing, how I feel about them, that, and that just, I just let it go off the head. And most of the time, if they get a picture of me in the huddle, my eyes closed. I ain't even looking at the boys. Like, I'm just I'm just letting it go, letting it go off the top of my head. So, nah, I don't really pregame. But I do watch a lot of YouTube videos, and I'll be – you know, talking to uh, Ika Johnson on the phone. So I watch his videos, me and him be texting back and forth. So I be kind of having like a little motto that I want to get out there, but then I just freestyle off of it. That's pretty cool. I like that you are now not only a film junkie for football, but even for like yeah. pregame speeches. That's pretty impressive. Oh, you, oh, you um, got to get the boys going. You got to get them going. Yeah, that's that's an impressive skill all on its own. I know I would be terrible at that, so I always applaud you for that. And, and so we talked about year one to year two for you. How about year one to year two in Bowles' defense of just what you've seen from how comfortable everybody is, um, the way that it's grown since last year, and maybe just the familiarity, what that's meant for you guys? I'm going to say the biggest thing is, like, he trusts us more of knowing what, what to do, when to do it, and how to do it and how he wants it done. You know, he can say, like, you know, you can go third and ten and you can ask anybody in the secondary what you think Coach Boyle is thinking right now. You know, depends on who we playing and what how they attacking us, and they can give you a good play. And I think that's the number one thing is the trust level between the coaching staff, the defensive coaching staff, and the players is at an all-time high. And, you know, we, we're two years – you know, we're a year and a half in in the defense. We better know what we're doing and we better be doing it at a high level. So I say that's what the biggest – that's the biggest plus of this year compared to last year. And what do you like about his scheme? What what about playing for him gets you excited for what that means for you in particular as a linebacker? Um, for me as a linebacker, I like how aggressive he is in the run game and in the pass game. You know, Coach Bowles with blicks on first down, but he got first down run blitzes. Or he might send a safety, might send a linebacker. Like off the edge, you just never know. And I and I think that's what the um that's the beauty of his defense that is not um, one dimensional. You know, it got a lot of different moving parts. And, you know, as an offense, you know, you got to study for a lot because something we ran, what we was majority running against the Bears last week, we did not even run against the Packers this week. So it's like what they were studying on film is not what they saw in the game. And, and like I said, that's the beauty of it. So however Coach Bowl is feeling, however he feel like he want to attack the offense that week, he going to pull something new. Like last week, we didn't even have certain packages in for as um, rush packages in that we put in. And they haven't seen it on film, so it was something new. I like that I can tell you love that, like this sort of chess match and that you guys can surprise them and everything. That's that's I love that. That sounds like it's it's so fun. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about the loss of Vita and what that meant. Um, take me through, you know, especially Sue. Let's start with him. Of Yeah what he has been able to do and how having him helps with the loss of Vita. Well, Sue is the ultimate vet. And one thing he tells me, um, he not dumb like how he was when he was younger with all the crazy stuff going on, but he really pulled it back out the other day, yesterday and cost me a sack. So Sue, if you ever hear this, I'm mad at you about that. You know, I'm a little selfish when it comes to sacks because it's kind of hard on inside linebackers. Um, But I mean, he's a great guy, you know, and, 
man, he's a he's a real guy that's not selfish at all in the ring game. Like he don't mind holding the block up, but he gonna say, "Hey, young boy, you better get through here and make the tackle." If I'm, you know, if I'm going out my way to hold his uh, block up for you, you better get down here and make the tackle. And, and I feel like he he understands the game of football like at an all time level because Sue really smart outside of football too. Like he really really smart. Like I have conversations with him that's on a deeper level, but on the football field that just translates in. You know, for a D lineman to be able to know what runs coming at him and stuff like that, you know that uh, Coach Casey kind of got those guys wired right, wired right in that in that phase of the game. So I mean, it's good playing with guys like Sue. All right. Well, we still have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. We have Devin White with us, so don't go anywhere. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Here's Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. Casey Phillips here with linebacker Devin White. Uh, we were just talking about loss of Vita. We talked about Sue a little bit. So tell me about a couple of these other guys. You, you mentioned uh, Nacho's work ethic. We got you know Will Golston. I mean, those those two guys have, have definitely come in and made some some big impact plays this year. Um, what do you see as what they have brought and how sometimes they don't get the credit that they deserve on this D-line? Yeah, I mean, they they bring intensity every time. That's why I shouted out Will for hitting Aaron Rodgers as much as he did. But, you know, those guys, you know, I mean, Will Union, like one part of this defense, like, don't work. Like, I couldn't be able to run alleys, me and Levante, without those guys doing what they do up front. And that, and that's why I always applaud them, you know, I always, you know, thank them all the time. Like, because at the end of the day, they could be selfish. But, you know, being selfish could cost us, you know. Everybody got a job to do, and I feel like our D-line understands do your job, and when it's time to make your play, make your play. And and, and that's the best thing about playing with those guys. Like, especially Will. Will, Will act like he's a dad to everybody out there. Like, if somebody push you, go if you go watch when somebody push somebody out there, go watch Will. He's going to be, like, the person to go take up for him. So, I mean, we, we got a good collect, a group of guys. The enforcer. I like that. Do you not want to piss off? him that's pretty great how about Shaq and JPP um I know Shaq got both of them essentially got a lot of love last year and um you know the sack numbers are always something that are real obvious but maybe what are some of the things that they do that even if they're not getting the sack numbers can really help the rest of the defense I think they opened up the Blixen game for everybody else because like I mean JPP he always been an all-time great you know back from his New York days everybody know about him and if you don't know about him, then I hate it for you because he's going to get a sack on you. And Shaq, you know, he lit the um, he lit the world up last year. And he's still, you know, doing the same thing right now. He's still rushing good. But that those guys being so great at what they do allow other guys like myself and Levante and Winfield and Jay White, even Sean. Sean get blixes in every now and then. And, and it allow open alleys for those us guys because, you know, the defense, you're going to block them two edge rushes first. You're going to make sure you got them in contained. I know every tackle is like, hey, where's 90? Where's 58? And I and I think that's like one of the major things. But I think the thing that they don't get enough credit in is they, they actually drop in this defense and they play coverage. So I think that's that's more of what I'm proud of them as because that's a lot when you just known to be a rusher, being able to come off the ball and play coverage while other guys rush and, you know, they're doing a good job. So when they made it such a priority to bring back the front seven for the most part, you know, almost completely intact. Did you take that as 
a, a pretty big compliment essentially and, and a vote of confidence in you guys? Yeah, I took that I took that as they knew we was the best. We proved we was the best and we want to get to the highest level. I know Jason, you know, everybody, the Glazers, I know everybody want a Super Bowl. And if you want to be the best, it starts with defense. And they took care of what needed to be taken care of first. And it's showing up. It's showing, it's, it's showing you know, it, it's holding up right now. And, I mean, and, hey, that's all it is. It's holding up right now. As long as it keep holding up, you know, they know they made great decisions. And then, not only, let alone, they brought, a, they brought great football. They brought great people. You know, we don't complain, we don't bicker, we don't do none of that. They brought great people. So you could have a guy, oh, I want to go play for Tampa Bay. I want to go get out of his notoriety and just do my thing. Now nah, we got guys that's playing within the system. So that's, that's the number one thing. And I think that's important for, for fans to hear maybe is that it does matter who guys are off the field. That I think, you know, we can focus so much on the X's and O's, but to really have a successful unit, um, you're saying it, it's a pretty big factor how, how much – people get along off the field, who guys are, the attitudes, that that really does make a big difference? Yeah, that makes that makes a huge difference. But, you know, especially with us, like, on the young – like, every time it's just, like, the DBs and the linebackers, Levante be like, man, y'all guys still in y'all rookie contracts. Like, he be feeling old. But, I mean, that, that just lets you know, like, what type of bun we got, you know, because we're so young. Like, you know, we hang around. You know, we want to talk all the time. We always hanging around the locker room. And, and that's a good thing because – you know, we we able to come at, you know, one another and, you know, give advice, whether it's, you know, got to be a little harsh or maybe just good advice. And we and we can do that without it being a problem. So that, that that's one good thing about us, like sport, as far as, us, you know, having a great friendship level. Yeah, you guys do have such a young group back there. We're talking to linebacker Devin White. Um especially, you know, all those DBs, when Carlton Davis is the elder statesman of the group, it's crazy yeah. to realize how young that means everybody is. And, um, you know, basically the youngest of the group, now the new one, Antoine Winfield Jr., that kid has been lighting it up, you know, this whole season. He's he's just been doing incredible things. And to have been doing it as a rookie without so much of an off season. how impressed have you been by what he's been able to do and, and produce as quickly as he has? I mean, I've been, you know, I've been really impressed, but – I mean, the number one thing, if you know Coach Boyle and what he played in college, this is a safety defense. Like, he he going to do whatever he got to do to make sure the safety make plays, which is a good thing, though, because, I mean, we have a great safety, so they deserve to make plays. And when we ask them, you know, put them in a position to make plays, they make key plays. So I feel like he was a great compliment to the back end. Um, I, I'm glad we drafted him. Uh, he doing really, really well, you know, and one thing about him, he real, real humble with it. You know, he's always looking to get better. And, you know, I mean, he come from a pro football dad, so, I mean, he know what to do. You know, we we drafted a guy that know, know what, what to do every time he step on the field. And how about Mike Edwards and, and Jordan Whitehead and the, the growth you've seen from them, especially, you know, Mike being in, in your draft class, but the two of those guys and, and the steps that they've taken in the last year or so? Yeah, I mean, Jay White, you know, he playing for a lot. You know, that's, that's one of my closest right there, Jay White. He playing for a lot, and he, he's playing really good. You know, uh, no matter what's needed, you know, he always in a run game. You know, he he been blitzing way more this year, so I know he kind of happy about that. And, you know, he's doing really well on his coverage. You know, that was one thing that we all want to pick on up on in training camp. It was our covering skills, you know, disguising and stuff. So, I mean, I really applaud him and then Mike. You know, Mike kind of had a little setback, you know, as far as, like, starting and stuff. But, I mean, he don't get down 
every time he come in the game, he's still making plays. So, I mean, I really apply him. And he on special teams giving it his all. So that's just to let you know, like, it's a it's a team effort, you know. And one person go down, you right back in the fire. Uh, if you're playing good, coach come up with a package where all y'all on the field at the same time. So, I mean, it's, it's the best of both worlds. And, and as long as those guys, you know, keep doing what they're doing, you know, the sky's the limit for everybody. And uh, Sean Murphy-Buntain, Jamel Dean, the couple guys that were also in your draft class, um, how have you seen them grow? And I know that it seemed like last year there was just this moment where it seemed to click for them. I don't know if it was the, the, just how to prepare, how to be ready mentally. And it, it seems like it has carried over. How have you seen them go from whatever that was that caused that sh- that shift last year and be able to keep it going all the way through this year? I mean, as far as those two guys, I just I just know they pro-ready, you know, and they – um. I think everybody, you know, everybody wants their recognition. So they know they, everybody know that they got to keep getting better, especially those two guys, because they always hold, you know, great receivers. Cause I mean, it's a lot of great ones in this league. So I, I think that's the number one thing with them is just, they got to stay pro ready. They got to, you know, keep getting better, you know, especially with the competition getting better and better. So, you know, they knew they uh, made splash plays last year, but they just didn't want to be no one hit wonders. And that's such as myself, you know, I didn't want to be no one hit one. I want do it again and do it again. So I think that I think that's the uh, mindset that you know that those guys had coming into the season. And how about Carlton Davis? This is a guy that's asked to go against you know the top wide receiver week in week out, which has already featured some pretty incredible wide receivers in this schedule so far. Um, how have you seen him handle that challenge? And where do you think you see him in terms of across the league? This idea of a true lockdown corner. I mean, he already established that. I mean, he established that last year, but I mean, this year he took it to a whole another level. You know, he was going against the best receivers, some of the best in in, in my opinion, up in um, training camp, and he was doing a great job. But I mean, he asked for that challenge to go shadow guys this year, and that and that lets you know like what type of corner that he want to be. And I mean, everything that he's doing right now, he's holding up, he's limiting the guys to less than twenty five yards, and you know, he getting his hands on the ball. There's creating turnovers and he got three of them himself should have had four should have had one um yesterday but I mean at the end of the day you know you know he come in he he come ready to work and he a strappy guy you know I, I call him strap everybody else call him C murder because he be murdering receivers but I mean it is what it is you know and I'm, I'm really happy for him because you know he going into he in year three so I mean he coming he'll be up you know for a contract soon and and you know that's when you want to be playing your best and when he playing his best because he got reason to be playing his best, we getting his best as a, as a unit. So, I mean, I'm just happy for him. And I know we talked about uh, Rojo a little bit earlier in the show, but um, I also especially want to get your take on uh, when you guys signed Leonard Fournette. I know that's your LSU guy, which uh, there's, there's a lot of LSU guys on this team, which I thought about bringing up that my Mizzou Tigers beat your LSU Tigers, but I didn't want you to walk off the show. So we'll just pretend I didn't bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't here. <laughs> but tell me about Fournette and what excited you about getting him in here. I know he's been hurt a little bit recently, but uh, what you knew about what he was capable of. I mean, I was so happy to get uh, Leonard. You know, that's that's my guy. That's that's my guy from you know, years and years. You know, we got years together. But, I mean, he's a guy that he works hard. Even though he hurt right now, he's still working hard. He wanted to play in the game so bad, but I think B.A. made a business decision with him and, I mean, we all respect, you know, we still got other great backs, and that's the thing. And I know that's what, you know, we wanted to establish the run more this year, and we want to have a backfield loaded where Rojo, go get you 80 yards, go get you 100. Leonard, jump in there, go get you 80, go get you 100. Because it can be done, you know, we can wear defenses out. And I think the number one thing, he, he, bring, he bring that swagger 
to the um to the locker room, you know, because he's real big on that. He's real big on, you know, uh, he's a character. He's a character in the locker room, and I think he, uh, you know, he always got everybody happy. You know, he he keep everybody with a smile on their face because he interact with everybody. He always joking around, but that's been him. You know, that's been him since you know I first met him at LSU, and he brought that same intensity over here. And we just talked about it. it was like, hey, bro, when you come back, you know, you're gonna help this team tremendously because I mean, y'all gonna be like. You know, y'all gonna be like the four-headed monsters back there with all the running backs, and he, and he know he know when it when it when it going get tough, he know he gonna be ready, and you can call him. And how much does that help you guys as a defense when you can rely more on the run game and get it more established the way that you talked about you guys wanted to do? I mean, yeah, when you do that, you just chew off the clock and you wear defenders down. I think that's real big in the league because, like, man, especially when, you know, you got offenses that make DBs tackle. Don't know DB want to tackle those hard running backs all day. And, I mean, that's kind of how you get the edge and you open up other things of your offense. All right. Well, we still have one more segment coming up here with Devin White on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Frontier Communications and by Hooters. Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Casey Phillips here with linebacker Devin White. We had gotten to talk about the offense a little bit uh, before going into that break. And, of course, we got to talk about Tom Brady. I mean, we've, we've gotten three segments into the show without talking about him at this point, which is crazy. So tell me, um, what have you already seen about what he's done for this team, aside from just some of the X's and O's plays, but just his presence and how it maybe even affects you guys on the defensive side of things as well. Um, I just say, you know, Tom Brady is a real poised guy. And um, when it's time for him to unload, he, he would do it and he would let you know. But, I mean, you know, he look at us as a whole and he always like, hey, I, I talked to him like, hey, we're going to go get you the ball back. You know, just punch it in, just punch it in. Like, you know, we always, you know, got each other going. And I think that's the biggest thing is how poised he is. Like, even when you're down, you're not down because you got Tom on the other side of the ball. And when you know he's like, he can make magic. And, I mean, that's a great feeling knowing, like, he's a guy that's going to go out there and he's going to put you in a great position. And, to and man, that's just a blessing. It's just a blessing to even play with a guy such as uh, his caliber, you know, the best quarterback to ever play the game. And I'm very thankful because that was my um, – that was my – favorite player growing up still is to this day and um it's just it's just a good feeling being able to have him depending on me you know I never thought in a million years that Tom Brady would be depending on me and my defense to go get him the ball or to stop another team so it's it's such a wonderful feeling Man, that is that is a pretty cool feeling. Your your childhood uh, heroes kind of dependent on you now, which is pretty incredible. And um, you know, the O line kept him upright for sure on Sunday. I mean, zero sacks allowed. That was pretty incredible. Um, going against them in practice, some. Um, what have you seen about how they've grown, and especially you know, going being able to see them go from that Chicago game that I know wasn't up to their standards of how, yeah. what they expect from themselves to this game of zero sacks allowed. Just how you've seen them grow and evolve this year. I think I think the number one thing is with them. It starts with Jensen. <laughs> Everything is about grit. You know, uh, Jensen get me fired up. You know, when he do what he do on the field, I always you know stand up and watch him a couple plays. You know, before I sit down on the bench, just to see you know what type of intensity he gonna bring. And you know, he always out there trying to uh, pancake guys and stuff. But I mean, it all starts with him. You know, if that guy uh, on his you know on his doing his thing, that I think that everybody else feed off him. You know, especially with him being one of the vets out there on that offensive line. Because, you know, we got some younger guys on the offensive line as well. 
But, I mean, those guys do it, man. They just play together, man. I just feel like they can, you know, you ain't going to have perfect games every time, but I feel like they can put together some good games. They, they like, number one thing is just keep Tom clean, and, you know, he's going to do the rest. How do you feel like looking now that you're, you know, six weeks into this season and there was so much uncertainty going into it because of COVID and the way that we didn't really know how it was going to go and then how everybody was going to respond to having such a weird off season. Now, six weeks in, how do you feel like the team has responded to all that sort of adversity and change and, and just weirdness from the whole off season? I mean, I feel like we know what it is. We know what's expected of us and we're doing the right thing. You know, we, um, we protecting the team. That's one thing we're doing. You know, I don't want to jinx us, but we've been doing a great job as far as getting tested and, you know, staying away from people and just, you know, minding our own business and coming to work, you know, because, I mean, we got one goal in mind and we know, like, you know, uh, going out, just, you know, trying to be in a, you know, a place that we shouldn't be that could set us back, you know, because it's not only you that it affects, it affects everybody that's been around you that, you know what I'm saying? So everybody has to sit out and we're not trying to do that because, you know, we got things that we want to accomplish and we got to accomplish by any means. So that's one thing. This, te- this team got a lot of uh, maturity on the team. And, um, I mean, it's showing week in and week out, especially with the uh, COVID stuff. So, I mean, we just know we're playing football on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. It's like we don't really worry about the COVID. We're doing what we love. I've, I was thinking that you might be one of the most uh, equipped people to handle social distancing because your favorite thing in the world to do is horseback riding, which is basically a, a nice socially distanced outside activity already. Uh, was that kind of nice for you that while everybody else was struggling, not getting to do what they wanted, you basically were still able to just ride your horses and, and do what you loved? Yeah, I'm, all, I'm always at the barn. And as you know, don't nobody be at the barn but you. So, I mean, that's a good thing for me. Um, but I mean, it just is, it feel like the world normal to me, you know, I just go to the barn, hang out with the horses and, you know, just do what I love. And I mean, that's a great feeling Then go home. Then you got to get your massages, you know, you just, you know, you get everything in house. So, I mean, I feel like the world still, the world normal besides wearing masks everywhere. That's, that's by all that changed for me, especially with me being a country boy. <laughs> and, uh, did I see that your horse won some awards this year already? Yeah, like I got horses um up in Tennessee with one of my um trainers, Jacob Parks, and I got a couple of horses up in Louisiana with, with another trainer, Adam Hawthorne, and they go and they both take them to events, and I got multiple horses. Trust me, they both they take them um to events and they compete with them, and they been getting first. So I'm really proud of all my horses. And in the off season, I'm going to take them to events and show them myself, and I hope I get first. So I mean, it's 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 fun. We go to a lot of competitions and we compete, and you know. While I'm at work, I really don't want my horses to stop competing, so I send them to good trainers that's, you know, really, really good at what they do, and they go compete with them, and they still winning. So I got good stop. That's awesome. And are, are you as uh, competitive and hype about those competitions as football games? Because I'm, I'm yeah. also just imagining, like, you giving these hyped-up speeches yeah. before the game with your horses too. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be out there talking a lot of noise, especially when um, the horses racing and doing certain classes like – I let um Jacob wife um Jacob wife rides one of my stallions and I'm always like cheering on like yeah pick that pick that horse right there pick that one right there like that one look good like so it's always this thing where you just brag on your own animals you know because they like your kids but I mean I take it very seriously because I mean we put in a lot of work you know before we go to those horse shows whether it's racing or just showing in different classes we put in the work to uh, be winners and we you know we travel a long distance to go show. And, you know, we spend money on and stuff like, so you want to reap the uh, reward. And we do because, I mean, we put in the work. 
That's awesome. We're talking to linebacker Devin White. Um, you guys have quite a primetime game stretch coming up here, two Sunday night and one Monday night game. Uh, what, what does that mean to you to finally get that chance to really show off nationally here? Because th- having three primetime games like that in a row I don't think has happened since you've been here. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just means just a, um, it's another opportunity, you know, for this defense and this team to get, get our names out there. You know, just put the lead on notice, you know, that ADs are contenders, you know, this a contender for the Super Bowl. And I, I think that's the biggest thing because at the end of the day, we all got one goal in mind, and that's to put rings on our finger. And we've been talking about it since we first got together as a group. So, I mean, it's just another opportunity to get on the big stage and, you know, do what we have to do to uh, get closer to that, um, to that job, you know, getting the job done. How does it affect <laughs> you from a schedule standpoint? Because – I mean, having a night game and then it being this year with COVID, the, the changes of what you guys can and can't do on the road, and then even the flight back that I'm not sure a lot of people realize that, I mean, you're about to have some overnight-type flights yeah. where you're not landing until, you know, six-something in the morning, potentially, especially like after that, you know, Raiders game coming up. How does that affect you um, in terms of your, your schedule, your your body, your health, and, and preparation for games? I, I say the number one thing with, with us not being able to go nowhere when we touch down in cities um, it's giving it's giving the players more rest, like because you forced to stay in your room. So you know you just laid around. You know you might go around in the hotel. You know might go get some treatment, go or you know get a little workout in or whatnot. But it, it's forcing you to stay off your feet more. So I, I feel like we're going into games more fresh because I mean if not, you know you know to all the players. You know we used to go out to eat, go grab a bite to eat, and if we got some family or friends in that city we go visit, and you know you got to be back in before curfew, but. Right now, it's just like we're just chilling at the hotel. So I kind of think it's a plus, you know, and it's more time you get to go look at film more or, you know, just being – just be chilling more. Do you think it might change – even post COVID, no. how no. you guys, you know, you're gonna you're gonna go out. No. But I don't, we don't know when COVID. We don't, man, I I feel like we're gonna play this whole this whole season is gonna be a COVID season. So I mean, that's just the mindset that we're taking. But I mean, if it um, I mean, if if it do change, I mean, we, I mean, obviously we want to go out and get food. We don't want to have to DoorDash all the time. But um, I mean, we know how to handle ourselves. You know, you know what you need. You know, everybody body's different. So. I might uh, go play a game off six hours of sleep. Somebody else might need nine. You know, you just never know. But everybody know their body, so I think uh, we'll be good. Are you excited to see the new Raiders stadium? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Why not? I mean, it ain't my stadium. I don't care. I'm just ready to go play. You really – you are not someone that gets excited about new stadiums at all? Nope. That's so interesting. Why do you think that is? Um, I, I mean, It's just – I mean, because I, I ain't going to see it every weekend. Like, if the Bucs got a new stadium, I'm going to be happy because, like, hey, I'm going to play in this every Sunday. We have a home game. Or, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, it ain't my stadium. So, I ain't a diehard Raiders fan. So, I really don't care. But, I mean, hey, it'd be good to go get a win in that new stadium. There you go. Okay. And then how about looking at – I know you guys haven't really started the preparation for this upcoming week yet. Um, you've more done the look back. But what do you know about the Raiders uh, so far in their offense and what you're going to have to be aware of? Um, but I know we gotta stop the run. That's the main <laughs> thing. We gotta stop the run. You know, they got some good backs. Josh Jacobs, he good. Uh, twenty three, he good. They use a fullback a lot. So I mean, we just gotta stop the run. And I don't think that'll be too hard for us to do because that's what we know for stopping the run. So we just gotta stop the run, and we gotta play hard, and we gotta execute. I like that. All right. Well, Devin, thanks so much for joining us. This has been awesome. And again, congrats on that win uh, against the Packers. All right. Thank you. Go Bucks.
Go Bucks. I love it. All right. Well, thanks all of you guys for joining us. This has been awesome. This has been Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Frontier Communications and Hooters. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access has been brought to you by Frontier Communications. Rely on your ultimate teammate, Frontier. Don't go it alone. Visit Frontier.com slash Bucks and by Hooters. Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Tampa Bay Sports Radio. 95.3 WDAE and AM620 St. Petersburg. Home of the best Bucks coverage.